are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Lena McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Lena, what's going on, sir? Not much. Uh, we are halfway through another week, getting ready for uh, some Chargers, starting to look at some Chargers a little bit. Uh, but I'm, I'm also excited to kind of wrap things up on the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Cowboys game as well. I'm just glad that you didn't open this podcast with a stocky Billy Idol uh, comparison. Oh, I, I, it took all, it took all that I could not to mention that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Elliot did a good job. Uh, by the way, Thank go you. check out the Power Rankings show. It's a good podcast. Uh, Absolutely do. At least the first five minutes. Yeah, at least the first five <laughs> minutes where he's just dunking on me. Um, all right, Landon, we got some notes to talk about. Before we do that, Mike McCarthy had a press conference today, uh, updated the status of a couple different guys. Um, Randy Gregory is still in the COVID protocol. Uh, it sounds like we're getting closer and closer to him, maybe not playing, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But the big one is Donovan Wilson. Uh, he played, I thought, pretty well against Tampa Bay. Uh, he's been dealing with a growing injury. Mike McCarthy said that he aggravated that injury. I would assume, Lannon, that he's probably not going to play in this game, especially with the Cowboys having a game on Monday night next week. Maybe they'll save him for that contest, but – how big of a loss is it to not have Donovan Wilson in this defense? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because we don't really know. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, honestly, a lot of it is based on who the backup is. And at this point, I, I think, you know, we're, there's hopes that Hooker will be able to, you know, make himself available. And if, if Hooker's playing, then hopefully the drop-off isn't too severe. You've got two experienced guys out there with playmaking ability. But both if he's unable – They're both the smaller free safety types, right? Sure. I mean, you know, look, they they have curse to come in and do the roles, do. The, the, the kind of box stuff if they need that role. I, I think more where you're going to miss uh, uh, Wilson would be in the in the back end in coverage and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that Hooker mixing in will be helpful there. I also think that, you know, you you like I said, you've got this is the craziest thing and, and we'll get into the all 22 you know discussion. But I, I mean, I think you have some players at safety for the first time in a while, like guys who can actually play and, and, and are, you know, starter quality uh, safety. So uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because I do think that Wilson is, is obviously one of the better, one of those. He's guys. the best safety they have. Yeah. I, or at least it's certainly in that role. And, and yeah. uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, he will be missed, but I don't know that it's, it's as severe as it has. I don't know. It's as severe as it would have been last year when he got hurt, you know, uh, because he was really <laughs> the only player on the defense that was making plays last year. And, and and now I think you may have a couple other guys who can do that. Um, so hopefully it won't be as severe. It, the two spots I think it's going to hurt them is Donovan Wilson actually had a pretty good game against the run. Like there was a couple mm-hmm. run fits that he had that were really, yes. really good when you go back and watch the all 22 and then on special teams, Landon, because he played quite a few special team snaps, but it's also important to remember that Darian Thompson is on the injured reserve list. So you're now down two safeties, two guys that play a lot of those snaps. So 
Is there a trickle down that's, you know, maybe the special teams take a big hit this week? I'm not sure, but that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on during the game. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the special teams aspect, you can kind of reshuffle depending. Maybe you've got guys who can kind of step into those roles and play some more snaps. Maybe that's, uh, you know, someone like Jabril Cox or someone, uh, you know, that can kind of fill in that role a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's just like any other uh, uh, injury in the NFL where, you know, when they when they play a variety of different roles on the team, not just defense, that you know you kind of have to mix and match how you replace those players. I agree. So it's going to be a, a little bit of a loss. Um, I don't envision this being a super long term thing, Landon. Like if he does miss this week, I don't think he's going to miss more than a couple games. I don't think the Cowboys are going to put him on IR because he has been dealing with this. He has been able to play through it. So. Again, like a lot of these other injuries, not super long term, but in the you know the first you know the first month of the season, first month and a half of the season, it's going to be kind of hard to get through some of these games. Uh, I want to take a quick break before we get to the all twenty-two notes because I've got a lot of them. Uh, so I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. We're back and we're better than ever. It's football season again, and teams are back on the gridiron. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source of everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Landon, let's get into the film. Uh, it was let's a bit of a problem getting the all 22 film this week. Thank you, NFL Game Pass. <laughs> Hopefully that changes soon, but uh, we, we went through some back channels and we eventually got it. Uh, give me your first biggest takeaway when you actually turned on the film and you watched it. Oh man. Um, you know, I, I think I was surprised by, um, some of the positive play that I saw by, uh, guys that may have not have shown up as easily early on in, you know, just with, without the tape, uh, like, Osa Odigizua, I thought played a pretty decent game. Yeah, despite not you know having a, a ton of uh, stuff on the stat sheet. I mean, I think he he you you saw him winning some of his one on ones. I saw him uh, breaking loose and again not making the play because it's still Tom Brady getting rid of the ball did, quickly. But there were two or three st- times. Did you see that stat from ESPN.com? Uh, their next gen stats they had. Uh, Micah Parsons and Osa yeah. Digizua were both inside the top five in pass rush win rate for rookies in week one. Yeah, and and I, and it kind of it, it, that kind of uh, confirmed a little bit of what what I saw. You know, I, I think about uh, that first third down incompletion that that Brady threw, where 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 Osa got free, kind of on a twist between mm-hmm. him and Parsons, and, and and then forced an incompletion. And um, you know, I, I think that's really where I saw. Uh, that's kind of was the first thing that really stood out to me. Um, and you know, we're, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, he, he's, he's likely not to play because of the COVID situation, but I thought that actually Randy Gregory did not have the game that I was hoping he would have. No, you know, I thought that no. I thought that he was going to have a little bit more success against, uh, Donovan Smith than he did. So, um, you know, those were kind of the things that stood out to me immediately. Um, 
Can we go uh, back to Randy Gregor really quickly? Because yeah, please, please. That's actually my number one note. Is I thought Dorrance Armstrong just had a better game than Randy Gregor. I, I thought I he thought was Dor- way better. I thought Dorrance Armstrong had a good game. Like yeah, yeah generally. Um, there was yeah. one play where he he had three pressures, by the way, which is the second most on the team. Uh, I don't know how he didn't strip sack Tom Brady. He got when like, he hit his, the ball. Yeah, well, he got his arm, the his, his arm, forearm, yeah. the ball. And I think Brady just got rid of it for an incompletion, but that could have been a huge play of the game. And listen, as somebody who has not been a Dorrance Armstrong guy for a long time, I've never believed the training camp hype. This is the one year it seems like he is playing up to what we saw in camp. So if Gregory does have to miss this game, I I still think it's probably a downgrade, but it's probably not a huge one, at least from what we saw in week one. Uh, you know, I, I, as someone who has bought into the Dorrance Armstrong hype in, in training camps past because I've seen it, you know, uh, and been let down because of you know, just not really being able to kind of translate that to regular season production. It was encouraging, you know, yep. it was it because I, I, at this point I'm, I was the opposite. I think our results are the same where we don't believe it. You don't believe it because you've never believed it. I don't believe it because I've been fooled too many times. Yeah and, yeah. and maybe, maybe we're both wrong. Maybe he actually is kind of turning it around. So um, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, him, uh, I, I think Basham is still working his way back from being completely 100%. Great game. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I think I heard somewhere too that he was still kind of getting his win back up from uh, missing time. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, you know, a, a, a guy that's not going to we we don't really need to mention here the all twenty two, but I think will be interesting is to see is we're going to see Golson. I think. I mean, I don't know if he'll. I mean, he may be an act. I thought for sure he would be a game day inactive, despite the fact that you know he's starting to work his way back. <laughs> But I mean, if if Gregory can't play, I, I would not be surprised if we start to see him get snapped. So, um, yeah, I think uh, to kind of go back to what we were discussing, you know, there's there's obviously a, a, a big plan for Randy Gregory to be uh, a larger, you know, a, have a larger effect on the game, uh, and I still hope for that yeah. definitely as the season goes on. But as for right now, I, I agree. I think Armstrong showed you some things that uh, that show you his value, and that maybe he is finding a way to kind of translate his success uh, in the training camp fields to the to the regular season fields. All right, I want to continue to talk about the defense. Uh, Demonte Casey, I thought he played yeah. really well. Now he, he was there was a couple plays where man, he's just a tick away from making a play. There was a, a throw where I pl- I'm trying to remember exactly, but Brady threw the ball over top of Michael Parsons. And to Rob Gronkowski and Casey was just a hair late knocking that ball loose. But it's pretty clear that Casey's just got a good sense of where the ball is going. He's still pretty quick. Um, he's going to make some big plays this season as long as he stays healthy. I, Despite the defense not playing great, I was encouraged by his play. Yeah, very encouraged. I mean, that was the, my other thing that I, I kind of took away. I thought the safety play in general. I thought, I thought the coverage in general outside of – you know, Anthony Brown was was good in in some spots. I mean, I, I you know Lewis had some issues at times, and Brown. I mean, we know who those guys are. Yeah. But uh, with the context with that, I, I still thought that for the most part, uh, you know, it, it it was Brady finding ways to pick on Brown, but it wasn't like Brady was throwing the ball to all his receivers all over the yards. He was finding specific openings, and sometimes he was still, you know, look. 
so a lot of those completions, especially to Gronkowski, were highly contested. Oh, yeah. You know? When I was yeah. just talking about, I, there's not another quarterback in the league that could have put that ball where it needed to be. Like, that was just an incredible throw. And it happens. It's just yeah. good offense. I, I can live with that. It's it's very odd to see a number 18 flying around there in the back of a, of a defensive backfield. <laughs> so he's noticeable. But I would say that I was ex- highly encouraged by what I saw. I mean, you know, look, obviously the – uh, Antonio uh, Brown uh, touchdown where Lewis slipped and and, and KZ yeah. had to kind of you know take a step towards his receiver that put him in kind of an impossible situation. But you you look at all the rest of it, you know, I mean they they didn't they they didn't give up a ton of big plays outside of that. Uh, they they made Brady kind of you know dink and dunk them down the field, which you know he, he's Brady he can still do. Yeah. Uh, uh, but and I think that you know he and then he made the huge play at in the red zone, which forced the the fumble, um, and and the takeaway at, at a very uh, opportune time. So I yeah I was like I said, generally very encouraged with what I saw from the safety play uh, by the Cowboys, and and that's the first time I felt that way you know in a long time, frankly, where I felt that both safeties that were on the field. Uh, we're, we're generating positive play for the defense. Uh, one more note of the defense. And it, again, it could just be week one, but I thought Carlos Watkins and Brent Urban did not play particularly well. And it, I guess that shouldn't be all that surprising because they both are kind of journeyman type of players. And this is a good interior offensive line, but they just, neither of those guys gave you anything in week one. And my fear is that's what's going to be going forward. It's going to have to be, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence in a fifth blitzer to get pressure because those guys just didn't give you much. I think that I mean they're just doing things differently. You know, they're not. They are definitely not. I, I well, first of all, I, I agree. I don't know that. I don't know that Watkins especially had a very good game. But I, I think that you know they are not. Those are going to be the guys who are the plugs and not the Jets. Uh, but see, that's why that's why the Gallimore injury was so big for Dallas because yeah. if Osa is playing one of those plug spots, I feel a lot better about their defense, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think you're still not going to see great production from that spot. I mean, I think the idea is you know, you're trying to steal a gap inside so that you yes, can have yes. enough guys to kind of you know run fit and also play a lot of one gap without having to necessarily play – uh, you know, cover one and cover three. I, I, I mean, kind of to speak from a 10,000 foot view there, I did think that there was an interesting uptick in cover two concepts this, yep. it, this year versus previous years. And even uh, from what we've saw, seen some cover four stuff, which, you know, an interesting blend of, of concepts, but I, I, but kind of to make a lot of that work, especially against a run game, uh, y- you have to find a way to steal a gap here and there. And I think, the job of Carlos Watkins and, and Urban is to occasionally be two gappers. I don't know that Watkins was necessarily great at that, even at times. I think Urban was fine at times, uh, but they clearly, Watkins and Urban are clearly serving in the very similar roles. I mean, if you look at the way uh, their uh, snap distribution was uh, along the defensive line, it was extremely similar. So, um yeah i agree we definitely could use some more there they're not really ever going to be 
pass rushers. You know, no, they're going to be no. pocket pushers. I think, you know, if you had someone like Osa in that role, you would have a, a guy who could be more of a threat as a pass rusher if he decided to, you know, not deploy a, a plugger on that. But on see, that that's the down. thing is I think I think that's what the Cowboys idea was. Let's have Gallimore kind of be the, the up the field guy and we'll have Osa be the plugger who can give us maybe something in the pass rush game. But without Gallimore, it's just kind of an uninspiring defensive line right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I expected more against the, uh, you know the, that kind of Kappa Jensen part of the offensive line to, for there to be more weakness, you know, yeah. for the Cowboys to be able to exploit that. It feels like they did at times with blitzing, but not so much with the guys that were rushing the passer there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely have, you know, there's some concerns there, but they need to find a way to start deploying some of their more dangerous p- pass rushers inside. I think Basham had done that some in the past. I think yeah. you'll probably see Armstrong do some of that. And you might see Golson eventually do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Golson, yeah, for sure. Once he gets back, you, you'll see him kind of all over yeah. the line. So, uh, yeah, I do think, you know, if, if the Cowboys are going to find a way to get pass rush in the middle, they're going to need Gallimore to be back. They're going to need Tristan Hill to be back. They're, and then they're going to also need some of these inside outside defensive ends to come in and, and, and play some roles there as well. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about DirecTV. DirecTV stream brings you live TV and on demand favorites together like never before which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Also, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. And it's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Lynn, just a couple things on offense I wanted to touch on. Um, Tyron Smith is back. He looks healthy. Like, there was a couple times where he just overpowered Jason Pierre-Paul. I know he got a holding call. I think it was a little bit of a ticky-tack call, but that's just me. I, I think he's he looks good. That's That's my takeaway. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, Tyron Smith looks like Tyron Smith, and it's kind of, you know, it's sad that it's only notable when he's not Tyron Smith, but yeah. I think it is worth mentioning that, you know, he looks, again, looks like old Tyron Smith uh, and looked comfortable and, and healthy and had no problems. And it gives me a lot of confidence for, you know, obviously uh, uh, dealing with an offensive line that's not going to have Will Collins uh, next week in the following few weeks uh, because you don't need you to help. have. Yeah, you don't need to help Tyron. You you can help the other guy and and feel confident that 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 Tyron's going to hold down that left side and, and that tape kind of proved that against you know one of the best in the league. All right, uh, another guy, Connor McGovern. He basically performed exactly the way that we thought he would. Now, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back here. I mean, I am a little bit, but uh, he was good in the passing game. Like, wasn't too bad. Didn't give up a lot of pressures. Didn't really give you a, a push at all in the run game. Um, what were just some of your general thoughts on McGovern in this contest? Yeah, I mean, I saw somewhere that he had like, you know, a high rating in like the rookie offensive lineman. And was it interior offensive lineman run block win rate? Yeah, it was all guys. It was all the yeah. all all yeah. offensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, I think he I think he had fifteen run snaps or something like that. And so the, I think volume is a is a is a thing here. I, I just um, don't think he did much in the run game, but that's me. Yeah, I, I just you know, I mean, I think look, 
the interior, we should kind of probably zoom out a little bit to the entire interior offensive line. They, they, they had an incredible task. Uh, And, you know, without Zach Martin and, and, you know, they were facing uh, uh, two interior guys who, you know, we talked about it. Sue is not Sue anymore, but, but they do have Vita Vea and Vita Vea is still very much Vita Vea. Is is peak Vita Vea better than peak Sue? Because I think he might be. Uh, maybe, but I also think that we haven't seen Vita Vea do Vita Vea for long stretches of time the way Sue has. Sue, yeah. you know, was a very good player for. I'm just saying, like on a time. like on a snap to snap basis, if Vea is healthy and playing his game, it's to me it just reminds me of Haloti Nada. Remember Nada on the Ravens? Yeah, of course, it's just of course. you cannot block him one on one, or he's just going to walk your center back to the quarterback, and that's what and, Vea did all game. And he did, yeah. I think you watch what Tyler Biotish did. You know, I think there's a lot of hand wringing for Biotish, but again, like, I mean, you know, this guy's got 60 pounds on Biotish and uh, is an, is an amazing <laughs> athlete. Yeah, so it's like, I, I think I think the interior offensive line struggled, but I mean, that's they struggled in a way that like is impressive considering who they were facing. You were gonna struggle against. Uh, a, a, a defensive interior like this. And, and I mean, beyond just the, the defensive line, the, the second level, you're talking about dealing with, you know, white and, and, uh, and David. And it's like, it's, that's, you know, an incredible group. So without Zach Martin, uh, you know, with Connor McGovern plugged in there, they played admirably, not, not great because I think great would imply that they had a lot more success than they did. Yeah. But I think that, you know, considering that they were able to kind of battle those guys to mostly a draw, you know, obviously the, the they got their wins at, at some key times. And I'm thinking of, you know, the Connor Williams holding call that was forced, the that was huge in the game. There was a one or two throws where Dak couldn't step up in the pocket all the way to get the ball out the yeah. way he needed to. That I think Tampa Bay won the matchup, but it wasn't it, – to use a boxing term, it wasn't like a 10-8 victory, right? No. Like it was 10-9 yeah. – Went to like a split decision. You know what I mean? It's a split decision, and that's that's frankly, uh, you know, about as good as you could ask for with the, yes. the groups that we're playing. The last thing I wanted to mention is just a couple snap count things. Uh, yeah. Dalton Schultz had fifty-seven snaps. Blake uh-huh. Jarwin had forty-eight. I would say that maybe that's a takeaway going forward that Schultz is going to get more snaps. But now I don't think it matters, right? With Michael Gallup going down with an injury, with Lyle Collins not being there, my guess is Dallas is going to have both those tight ends on the field a ton over the next five weeks. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say that I probably would uh, guess that you're going to see Schultz kind of have an uptick in blocking. Inline uh, snaps, probably. Inline, well, I mean, yeah, yeah inline slaps. And, and and I mean, assignment-wise, you're going to see an uptick in his blocking percentages versus receiving going out and route percentages because I think he's probably the better of the two uh, blockers uh, between the between uh, Dar- Jarwin and himself. So I would imagine that he's going to be a guy that you're going to see kind of lined up next to whoever the starting offensive tackle is, which I guess we're going to continue to, to – I guess we'll see, <laughs> yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, – and so I, I would imagine that, you know, the snap counts probably stay pretty similar, uh, but I, the, the kind of mixture of how much – Schultz is going out in route versus how much he's staying in the block may, may be kind of adjusted to account for whoever's playing at right tackle. 
I would also say I think you're going to see a big uptick in slot snaps for Blake Jarwin because my yep. guess is that Dallas is going to move CeeDee Lamb to the outside and then they're going to have uh, Jarwin kind of play this big slot role. And then on third downs when it's third and eight, that's when Cedric Wilson is going to come into the field and be your quote-unquote traditional slot receiver, right? I think I just kind of think that's how the Cowboys are going to try to operate over the next month. I think you're going to see more, and this is kind of what we were talking about too, is that you know, without Gallup, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you just saw more non-traditional 11 personnel too. Uh, and maybe the non-11 personnel is not the best way to put but it. Like but like Tony Pollard motioning out to the side. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yep. and you know, like you said, yeah, uh, guys like uh, Jarwin lining up in the slide, it's not 11 personnel, but kind of 11 personnel formations with uh, uh, substituted – uh, you know, running backs and tight ends or, for, for that. Or you might see spot. an 11 personnel with Noah Brown as the third receiver, and he motions yep. in, you know, as an H-back. I, I, more, I think you, more variety in personnel, I, I just agree. in general. Because I think, you know, now that it's not Gallup as that third option, it kind of levels the playing field for who you want, you know, as that 11th man on offense. And, and you'll just see it like a le- heavier rotation as the Cowboys try to, you know, yes. keep the, the defense on their toes. Their offense isn't going to be better without Michael Gallup. It's just not going to happen. They might be a little bit harder to game plan for in the upcoming weeks because teams are going to have to prepare for seven different personnel packages. Yeah. Um, so the, the, it'll help, but obviously you'd, you'd much rather just have Michael Gallup out on the field. And it does sound like they'll get him back probably around week eight, week nine after the Cowboys bye week. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We've got a crossover show tomorrow uh, with the guys from Locked On Chargers. So make sure you're tuning in for that. Uh, we'll be back on Friday for our game preview. Uh, Landon and I will do that. We'll make some good score predictions. Uh, we'll talk about the matchups on each side of the ball. Uh, make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Lane and at Nicole BCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time.